Well, welcome to church. You guys are crammed in here today. Good to see you. Good to have you. I'm Pastor Brent. I get to lead the crazy thing. But man, it's so good to see people back in church again. What's up? All right. Finally, it seems like numbers are creeping back up. People coming back to church. I'm like, I don't want to add a fourth service, okay? Stop coming to church. Watch online. You know how to do this. We went through a global pandemic. But it's good to have everybody here at church here today. Uh, we are Pearl Street Church, loving life and building church in downtown San Antonio. There's incredible owners in the house that make this a reality every single week. And maybe you're here today thinking, I'm just trying to figure out what this is all about. Uh, but you walked into a space that has been laced in grace and sacrifice. And so today as you sit in your seat, we pray you enjoy yourself. But to all the owners in the house, thank you for your sacrifice, living a life of godliness, living a life of obedience that makes Pearl Street a reality on a weekly basis. We're truly building the kingdom. This isn't religious games. This is spiritual growth. So let's go and let's keep on building. Amen. Well, we're in a series, week number two, uh, winning where it matters. We can win in a lot of different areas in our lives, but I'd much rather be a person that win, wins where it matters. You know, the, the things inside of life, we have choices every single day on what we value. And what we value is going to derive the direction of our lives and the choices of our lives. And maybe today we're winning in a lot of different areas, but when it comes into God's plan, God's design, we're just winning with man's ideas and not God's. And I would much rather live a life to say, you know what, everything else that man considers winning or successful, that can be on, uh, secondary to what God ma what matters to God and what I should be focused on according to the, the Bible. And so we talked about last week, if you want to win inside of life holistically, you got to start by winning with yourself. If you're not winning with yourself on a daily basis, more than likely it's affecting every other relationship because if you ain't good, nothing else is good lived through this in the global pandem pandemic that we've walked through where individuals just weren't good here. Falling apart, more suicide than we've ever seen uh, at any point in time in our history, I believe, and more domestic dispute than we've seen in a really long time, if ever, inside of our country. And so winning with yourself is crucial and key to make sure that you're good between the ears in order to speak over your life, lay down the neural pathways of truth, of biblical truth in your life, that you're not self-sabotaging before the enemy even has to enter anything into your life. You're already speaking lies over your life. You already believe things that aren't true. And you're already living a life of choices on a belief system that is contrary to God's word. And so we talked about last week, you got to win with yourself. This week, we're going to talk about Marriage, you got to win in your marriage. You got to start with yourself and then you move towards this relationship that is the key to the quality of your home. If the marriage isn't good, good Lord. I don't know. I mean, uh, Proverbs talks about a quarreling wife. Goodness gracious. You know, Solomon was speaking and he had some concubines and I'm not, I'm not condoning that behavior. I don't think it's God's design. Jesus echoed what was spoken in Genesis 2, a father and mother leaving his, his, uh, his, a son leaving his father and mother and coming and cleaving to his wife. Jesus echoes that. I'm not condoning that. But he would speak multiple times inside of Proverbs about a quarreling wife, and there's nothing worse than that. So if you're here today, you're in a good space, in a good place, I would say lean in to the conversation. If you are single and mingling, you need to hear what's being said today to save you from a whole lot of problems. <laughs> if you are dating here today, lean into the conversation because this could be the last day you're with that individual. <laughs>
Enjoy it while it lasts. Amen. Amen. If you're married here today, uh, lean into the conversation because the quality of the home really does impact, uh, or quality of your relationship really does impact the quality of your home and the development of your children. God's got a great design for the home. If we connect with his plan, we can build some incredible things that produce or raise up the next generation to be difference makers, uh, individuals that impact the world. So we're jumping into this conversation. If we start with this conversation, marriage, you got to start with Ephesians 5. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to park here for a bit, but this is what Paul would write around the marriage dynamic. And uh, this is a, a, a something that in our marriage we got to be fully committed into. We were just talking to uh, an individual in our church this past week that when he went to marriage counseling, the, the, uh, the older couple was talking about, hey, in marriage, you both got to be 100% in for the marriage to work. And in his ignorance and lack of wisdom, he said, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's 50-50. You know, it's 50-50. You bring 50-50 and you come together and you make each other complete. Well, little did he know that was not the case, and uh, he learned as he grew. But the Bible would tell us in Ephesians 5, it would say this in verse number 21. It says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. If you've heard, if you've been around long enough, you know I'm an individual. It's all about submission to the mission. There's a mission that God has laid out for the family, the dynamic of marriage. He has instituted it. He has brought it together. It's God's idea, not man's idea. So man can't change God's ideas, right? And so man's idea... Uh, or God's idea is we live in a marriage in submission to the mission of God's design for marriage. Okay, he talks a little bit about uh, on the back end of here on what we're supposed to do, but Paul would wrap it up in verse number 33 and he would say it this way. Uh, so again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. There's a great book out there called Love and Respect. It's on the back of the handouts we're giving you as you guys are leaving uh, today but love and respect. Every man wants to be respected. Every woman wants to be loved. Every, every man wants to be respected. Respected for who he is, conqueror, protector, provider. We live in a different dynamic in this age, but every woman wants to be loved, valued. She's a princess. She is esteemed of high pursuit inside of our lives. And this dynamic is that play that if we can be in submission to the mission and the inner workings of how relationships work, we're submitted to that because we're 100% in, we can get to a place where naturally inside of the home, according to God's design, it's easy for a man to love a woman because she's respecting, and it's easy for a woman to uh, respect a man because he's loving. It's the cycle that goes on. But we live in a lot of dysfunction today where men are disrespected and women aren't loved properly. And so the Bible would tell us that it's very clear inside of the Bible on how this works out. Uh, I'm not going to jump too far into it, but in Genesis 2, or in Genesis, uh, it talks about uh, in, in the consequences of eating the apple of good, uh, knowledge and good of evil, the man would suffer labor or pains, uh, the pain of sweating, uh, sweat by his brow, and a woman would suffer birth pains. Look it up, Barbara, in the Bible. Birth pains. And what else is, does anybody know what else is the next one? The leadership of the husband. And I know we overlook that, especially in this society today, but a woman would look at the position of man and over desire that. 
And uh, it's something that we got to be careful on inside of the marriage dynamic, that if we are men and women, there are two different positions that God has for us. For in submission to the mission, we can live in a healthy marriage. But we believe man's ideas and try to figure it out and try to rework it. We're going to find ourselves in some tough places inside of our lives, okay? So it starts with 100% in, both 100% in. This is the only way this conversation is going to work if we're talking about marriage. Everybody, 100% in, one hundy each individual. Okay. Y'all ready to go? Okay. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you said something, but what was heard was different? There was an assumption on what was said based on what they believe they heard, but that's not necessarily what you said, right? A couple weeks ago, uh, I, I said something to my wife and uh, she heard differently then I articulated that. She perceived it to be something completely different and therefore responded accordingly. Now, I cannot be mad at her for that. It's what she heard. But I can, I can be a little mad at it because it's not what I said. <laughs> now, this isn't a problem in marriage, is it at all, right? We hear precisely what they say all the time. So here's, a, here's the second thing I would say. If we're we're going to be able to be on the same playing field here today. The first thing is we got to be 100% in. The second thing is this. We all got to agree on this. And go with me because half of this is PBs just out of the oracles of the spirits leading in my life. We all agree with this. Men have selective. Okay. It's always been on the man. Selective hearing. You ain't listening to me. That whole bit right there, okay? Now here's PB. In defense... And God's approach to all of this, it's not in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me, okay? <laughs> Women have selective hearing. Sorry. Women have selective memory. That's what it is. There you go. Men have selective hearing. Women have selective memory. They'll bring up something from 20 years ago. <laughs> And they'll hold on to that forever. And all those 50,000 good things you did, they don't remember that. I don't remember when you did that. You didn't ever, you never said that. <laughs> yes, I did, right? Women, we got to agree with that, right? Because we both have a responsibility here. Sometimes I don't hear what my wife says, although she says it. I think she's playing games with me sometimes. <laughs> she's in this service, so I can look at her. I'm going to be looking at her every day. This message is for us today. Me and my wife today, but it's, you're here, so uh, enjoy. <laughs> That's the reality, right? We can say things, but what is heard is differently. And oftentimes what we hear may not be tied to the moment. It may be tied to the past. The first thing I want to leave you with here today is you got to win with your issues. You got to win with your issues. Because your issues are your issues. They're not your spouse's issues. You got issues. If you're living, you're breathing, you got issues. If you talk to any counselor, you sit down with them, they're going to take you back to what? Your childhood. The first thing they do, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about your parents. Tell me about what are they trying to do? They're trying to pinpoint the moments of chaos where an impression was left with you or a negative uh, thought was left with you. Uh, a negative perception was left with you about circumstances, situations, yourself, the family dynamic, what, how you were valued, how they perceived you, and, and you harbor these things. 
It's what we harbor that now is a childhood wound that in moments of chaos, we have an opportunity to either fight, what's up, deuces, I'm out. The third thing in here, and this is new to me, you just freeze. I don't know what to do. And you just compromise. Uh. The Bible would tell this in Hebrews 12, it says this. Hebrews 12 says, look after each other so that none of you uh, fails to receive the grace of God. What is the grace of God? You're jacked up, you tore up from the floor up. My grace is for you, it's sufficient for you so that you might be saved by grace through faith through Jesus Christ, okay? So watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You've been saved by grace, received that grace. Be careful that there's no poisonous root of what? Bitterness that is harbored right here inside of your life that is not just troubling you, but it's corrupting many. You're harboring it. You're hanging on to it. Why did this happen? Oh, I don't know why. And I can't believe that person. Why do they say that? Why do I feel like, why do I think this? Why? Oh, I'm harboring it. I'm not dealing with it. It's my issue, but I'm, I'm projecting it on everybody else. My career, my life, the people in my life. It's my issue, but I don't want to deal with my issue. First thing, you got to win with your issues. You got to realize you are fallible. You got issues, you got an upbringing where things are said, done, perceptions that you've taken on that maybe you gotta get right with God about to say, this is my issue. I don't know why I feel this way. God help me with this thing. I'm struggling. Here's, here's how you know you got issues. That the moment that something is said, you feel the, the heat start boiling up in your, and it gets your ears and you're like, oh, what'd you say? Typically in that moment, that's what you call a trigger. Something was said that triggered something in you that has nothing to do with that person or could be, just depending on what was said. But sometimes what we hear is different than what's being said and we take it through the lens of an issue of a past you know, circumstances, whatever it may be from our childhood wound, we're insufficient, we can't do it. I'm just talking about my own deal. No problems, again, you're just here for this message today. Thank you. But I've talked about my, my, my inadequacies, uh, inadequacies, inadequacies, things that I was projected over me, my, my mind, I can't even talk to you right now. <laughs> Dang it. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit, amen. But I've talked about my story with my dad where he's uh, spoke things over me and maybe projected certain things. I can never meet his expectations. Heather can say something today that I'm like, what are you saying? I'm inadequate. I'm not enough. What are you saying? And I could feel it boil up in me to be like, now this is a rule breaker in our home. Boil up and be like, well, you're just like your mama. <laughs> I've never said it, but I'm just, if I, if I did, it would be a problem. Wouldn't it be, babe? It'd be a problem, right? You feel these things rise up. There's a trigger point you got an issue tied to somewhere, a hurt, a pain, some moment in time where you were, something was said, done, and you perceived it to be you, your identity, and now when somebody says it, it triggers you, and you wanna respond with like, I'm either gonna fight, I'm gonna flight, I'm just gonna freeze, I don't know what to do. It's 
the life in which we live. One, you got to win with your issues. Two, you got to win with your triggers. You know today in marriage and inside a relationship, you get triggers. You know when you get them triggers. Now, here's the deal. With triggers, the Bible would tell us in Proverbs, it would tell us this. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. All the men in the house, this will save your life. <laughs> Come on, take it from a book of wisdom, the wisest man to ever live. Put this in there. Hold your tongue. You've been triggered. You don't have to blah, verbally vomit out. Like, well, you're this and you're that. And blah, blah. they're like, uh, I was just asking you to do this one thing. Yeah, but what you're saying is, and you're like, whoa. The reaction doesn't meet the statement, right? You're like, what? why is that? The reaction's so much bigger than the circumstance, more than likely, they an issue. And you got to deal with that issue. So when it comes to the triggers inside of our lives, what we got to do is we got to say, okay, cool. We got a trigger. If we respond negatively, oh, you know the chaos that's coming. Right? You just think about it in that moment. Just by not holding your tongue, by, by allowing something to slip out because you want to justify yourself, you're going to spend how long? How long? All the men in the house, you can go with me on this one, okay? Ladies too, but you know, whatever. <laughs> how long? You can have a week? How long is it? Just that one moment in time boils up, and you, bah! How much collateral damage comes? Now, if we could slow it down, take a, 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 a little bit of a pause, maybe pull what, you know, uh, Saved by the Bell used to do. Check this out on Saved by the Bell. This is what they used to do. There you are, Zach. I've been looking all over for I, you. Time out. Time out. Yeah, just take a time out. Man, this is horrible. You've been triggered. It is horrible. Thank you, you know. If you just take a time out, you've been triggered. Time out. Holy Spirit, time out. God, I feel this way right now. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel triggered right now? Why, 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 am I, why am I wanting to respond this way? Time out. Right? The Proverbs would say this. Proverbs, uh, the second scripture in Proverbs would tell us this. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Time out. I want to be sensible. I don't want this anger to rise up on the inside of me. I want to verbally vomit on somebody. I don't want to move to lay my hands on somebody because I can't control myself. The Holy Spirit is present. He's there. Love's going to flow up. Grace is going to be there. Self-control's going to be there. And what will we be able to do? We'll have a trigger. Then we'll have a timeout. And we've always lived under the, what would Jesus do? It's the cheesiest thing ever. I get it because it's like 20 years old or 30 years old. But if the Holy Spirit's present, I would say, what would you do then? Let's take Jesus out of the equation because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've been full of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist baptized in water, but Jesus baptized in fire. He's on the inside of you. You're led by the Holy Spirit. Now he's on the inside. Time out. Holy Spirit. Oh, heat's rolling up. Okay, Holy Spirit. Calm. How do I respond? Now, there may be kids in the room, so you say, time out, let's have a conversation in an hour when we get the kids out of the mix. Kids are in that dysfunctional time where you're like, oh, you're this, blah, 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 blah. What do they see? Chaos. Every kid's perception of a heavenly father is tied to their earthly parents. We set the tempo on what the dynamics look like. If we live according to the dysfunction of man in the anger, 
Dude, I've been here before. I'm, I'm speaking, right? Again, been here. We are creating that perception. Time out. Let's set a time where we can have a conversation. Holy Spirit, speak to us on how we need to engage this. God, here's a trigger inside of my life. If we can, as a, marriage cu a married couple, begin to talk about the triggers, not just say like, well, you said this and then you said that. Let's talk about, okay, what triggered you in that moment? Let's go back to the root of bitterness that is seated inside of your heart that is causing problems in your life and now causing problems in everybody else's life around. Let's talk about those things. What are the childhood wounds? What was said? What was done? Why, did it, why when this was stated, you felt like they were saying this, but it had nothing to do with what you felt? So that what? By saying, pause, time out, Jesus, Holy Spirit, how do I respond? We respond according to the Holy Spirit's leading that we can live a life of unity. It's key for us to do this. Key for us to do it. Live a life where we can be in unity. It's somewhere in there. They got it somewhere back there. <laughs> it's key. Triggers, we gotta win with our triggers. One, we got issues. Two, we got triggers. Issues are tied to the triggers. If you don't wanna do some deep, inner healing work to figure out, okay, cool, where are these things coming from? More than likely, the issues are going to persist and everybody else has got to adjust to you rather than you dealing with you and then what, 100% coming into the mix. We have a perception inside of our world here today, the Hollywood mentality, that this beautiful love experience can happen in 90 minutes. It goes from a lonely individual, all of a sudden happen happenstance situation. Oh, they met each other, love at first sight. Then we get married and it's happily ever after and it happens in 90 minutes. We got this perception on what a relationship and a, and a marriage looks like and how it all comes together that is not the reality on how it happens. And if we don't deal with these triggers, our issues, they can be persistent in this marriage dynamic and cause chaos everywhere in our relationships inside of our lives. Not just in the marriage dynamic. You think about when they come to you at work and they try to give you some constructive feedback and all you hear is, you're a horrible person. You can't meet the expectations. You're on the edge of being fired. And it all ties back to a moment in time whenever you felt like you, was not, you weren't enough, your parents got divorced, your dad walked out and your mom walked out on you. And oh my gosh, uh, I just feel like somebody's gonna walk out of me at any moment in time. I just, unstable environment, I don't know. It's childhood. We got issues. These perceptions that are out there on what a relationship looks like is completely farce. God has got an idea. The songs that are sung today Unbelievable. I think the, just the, the latest CD that came out by, um, um, see, I don't even know his name. It's not Chance the Rapper. What's the Toronto's fan guy? Drake. Drake. He just came out with that. Oh, yeah. I should know that because we did the whole post on Okay, yeah. Uh, but he had a whole album that just came out, and they said it's just for, like, pretty boys, individuals that are just living that La Vida Loca life, just using girls, just doing that thing, whatever it is, you know. It's about what they got, not about who they are. You know, I ain't got to be something, I'm trying to get something, you know. It's horrible. Our society has created a perception around relationships that are completely contrary to God's design. And we've set ourselves up for failure. So we got all these things inside of marriage. Now here, we're going to jump into the dynamic of now, let's build a marriage here. Let's build, let's, let's, let's see how, well, let's see how relationships are built today in this, this bad dysfunction. You know, anybody in here, you, want, you would want your marriage 
to look like this. Anybody with me on this? Anybody want your marriage to look like that? This is a mixed berry cobbler. <laughs> Just by looking at this picture, I think I'm going to cut this, the message short today, and I'm going to go get this right here. <laughs> now, we all have a perception on what the expectations of our relationships are going to look like. We want it to look like this. Anybody in here? You want, you want your relationships to look like this. You want your mental health to look like this. You're like, man, I, I want it to look like that. And so we live this world thinking like, man, we want it to be this. We want it just to look like this. We have this expectation that it's going to be like this. We just got to find it. We're going to get there and find it. Just grabbing flour, throwing eggs into a bowl, popping it in the, in the oven. And then you're mad when you pull it out and it doesn't look like that. <laughs> right? You ever been there before? We tried it. Right? Many of us live in a world where our relationships look like this. I got two girls, you know. We can live in a relationship like expectations like this. <laughs> you know, you got two girls who are like, Daddy, Elsa. And you pull that out and it's like, it looks like Ursula. I don't know what's going on here. Wrong movie, Dad. You know? But this is our reality. We have all these expectations over here. But this is our reality. You know what happens sometimes? We don't have the training for that. We don't have the recipe for that. And oftentimes we're living a life expecting this, never reading that. Never saying, God, what's your design for this? How, how do I, what does this look like? Because that took about two seconds for me to recognize and want it. This right here is going to take some time. It may take some energy and some effort. And when it comes into marriage and relationship, there's a recipe for success on how to get this done, clearly laid out inside of the Bible. And if we want man's ideas on man's problems, good luck with that because you're gonna keep on having problems. You want God's ideas for man's problems, you're gonna find success inside of life. You wanna do it. This is oftentimes how we do it in our society today with all these bad expectations, bad realities, super emotional movies that get you, but bad in, bad in concept, right? Oftentimes in our society today, we start off where? We start off with the physical, and the second one, we start off with the emotional. We want this marriage and this relationship. We want this beautiful thing that looks like the notebook. <laughs> right? And so we're living and we, we have these expectations and we want, we want these things to be this. And, and, and we're, we're living this thing out and it's all expectations. There's no focus on the recipe. There's no focus on becoming something. Not just looking for the one that's going to complete me, but becoming the one 100% so that I find somebody that is 100% and we become one. So we start on this emotional like, oh my God, like, he looks so good. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure is like, you know, Mr. Hollinsworth, you know, like Thor himself. It was amazing, right? Hemsworth, Hollingsworth, whichever, all the same to me. <laughs> Hemsworth, yeah. They're all the same. I know he's got a brother. That's about all I know, you know. <laughs> Tells you how many movies I watch. That's awesome. We have these expectations. Emotional. Oh, my God, they look so good, right? The, the way they make me feel, it's so incredible. I mean, I've never had anybody look at me like that before. So all of a sudden, what is it? Like, oh, man, well... We move towards the physical. It made me feel this way, so he's gotta be the person. Based on all the expectations that I've set up inside of my life on every song I've heard, every movie I've watched, that it's gonna be this beautiful thing. And I get this feeling, so then what do we do? We project our ideas into who they are, the interpersonal part of it. This is who they are. 
They are knight in shining armor. They're a loving, caring person that is holding down a job. He's like super responsible. He's like super into every conversation we have. It's the most incredible thing. I've never had anybody listen to me like this before. I mean, he just sits there and he listens to me, right? Or she respects me for who I am. I mean, she just overlooks all of my flaws. I mean, I gotta, you know, she doesn't even look at, you know, that I don't have a job today. She just sees who I am. You know, she just like, she doesn't care about any of that because it's all feelings and it's love, man. Okay. That's one way to do it. It's one way to build a relationship. So we have this interpersonal thing going on. We got the physical and the emotional. Things are happening. And this thing, I'll just tell you right now, every sexual encounter you have, there's a spiritual soul tie going down. Paul would tell us every time you interact with a woman, you are becoming one. Why would you interact with a prostitute, he's saying? Why would you do that? Why would you defile that piece of your life? Every time there's a soul tie that goes down with that. Multiple partners, you got soul ties going everywhere. Sexual, spiritual soul ties going everywhere. You're like, I'm all funky. I just feel funky. Well, you're funked up. You got so much funk in your life. You got, you are funked up in your life. And every relationship now has the funk of the last one on this one because you weren't building it from the right place. It's all this physical and emotional and feeling and this interpersonal, he's all and she's all that, you know, I think they are. So then you take them with your friends. Your friends, the social, they're like, so what do you think about them? And you got friends that don't want to tell you the truth. They're just like, oh my, you're happy. I'm happy. (laughs) She's got a friend. Come on, I'm telling the truth, shaming the devil today, okay? Everybody's like this right now. We project this idea on them, outside looking in, sees them for who they truly are. We believe there's something based on our feelings and emotion. The honeymoon phase is about six months. About six months. And if you're getting married and there's this like, you, you like project this, you are, you're putting all this hope into the future. It's like, oh, I'm gonna marry this guy someday. I'm gonna marry this girl someday. You are projecting all this interpersonal stuff over them, wanting them to be something that they may not be, completely blind to the reality, because you ain't got no friends that are gonna tell you the truth because they're just finally happy for you. <laughs> and what happens is six months is over and all of a sudden we start realizing my friends that were real with me that said, she crazy. And he is not a respectable man. All of a sudden, we start having the lights go off in our head. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to notice things about him. He actually wasn't listening to me. He was just sitting there waiting for the conversation to end so that he can get physical. Oh, this guy, I hate him, you know. Or this girl, oh my God, her laugh was so beautiful. Now sounds like a not good anymore, just not... (laughs) just not cute anymore and I just can't stand it anymore all we projected now the blinders have come off and we can see clearly on who a person is but here's the deal we're already wrapped up physically we already have all these emotions going on we're already deep into a relationship our friends know us we live in now it's like well I can't just dump this guy and leave him I mean I told every all my friends that he was the one she was the one now we have the shame of, are we gonna leave all these? I mean, you can tell everybody like, oh, 
leave this guy or leave this girl and all of a sudden I got this image on me that I'm like super vulnerable and all this stuff. So what do I need to do? What do we need to do here? Think, 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 think. Oh, God can bless dysfunction. Let's get married. That'll do it. How about we get married? That'll fix all of this right here. You know, my God is good. <laughs> he real good, you know? Now, a statement an individual told me just a minute ago, I think it's a great thing that you know, brings this together. You say, hey, I want to eat a meal. And you put every chaotic thing on that plate. You know, you're going to have some funnel cake. You're going to have some brownies. You're throwing it on. This is your dinner plate. Nothing healthy on the plate. And you say, God, will you bless this food into the nourishment of my body? <laughs> Amen. You eat that, there ain't no nourishment coming out of it, okay? It's going to jack you up. It's going to tear you up. This is our reality. When we're trying to build a relationship that is dysfunctional, this is chaotic. And oftentimes inside of our world today, this is how our society is building them. And maybe you have built yours too like this. Mm. God, will you bless this dysfunctional thing that I allow because I was dysfunctional? God, God, will you put your blessing on it and make it healthy because I just completely didn't follow the recipe on how it was supposed to happen? Will you put your blessing on this thing? This is the way the enemy wants us to live our lives when it comes into finding relationship right here do it completely backwards from God's design now God's design on the other side is that hey how about you take the spiritual and you put it down at the bottom it's the widest it's the biggest you can build on this Christ is the cornerstone inside of the house we're building right now there's a Bible on the cornerstone of this foundation we're building a literal house just like we built our personal house on the Christ is the cornerstone this is our spiritual life it starts with you dealing with your issues you are a new creation in Christ Jesus get your spiritual life right get, get your get your spiritual walk right you become a hundred percent good Allow yourself for the Holy Spirit to completely teach you all that God would want you to know out of his word. Yeah. Become spiritually healthy. Become spiritually strong. You're in your word. You're learning. You're growing. You are praying. Every decision is laced in prayer. It's not an emotional decision. When people ask me about like, so why did you pick Heather? Well, obviously, she is beautiful on the outside. Duh. Okay, if you got two eyes and you are breathing, you would see the same thing I see, okay? She's beautiful. You know what I believe? Every single female that has ever been uh, created is beautiful in their own unique way. Why? Because God put his hands on you. And when God put his hands on you and created you, he didn't create a mistake. So people ask me, Pastor, like, why Heather? Well, I was in church long enough at 14 years old. I don't know how, but I was in church long enough at 14 years old as a church rat, as a PK, to know that looks fade. But a woman can be like a fine wine. Hello, somebody. I knew that she looks a certain way because she's 14 years old and there's certain things going on inside of her body that keeps everything just looking amazing. The metabolism. Keeps everything lean, tight, everything else in between. I'm not going to talk anymore because I'm going to start going down the road, you know. 
but I could go there. My wife looked good, and she looks good. <laughs> I didn't say looked. That is not past tense. <laughs> Did I get in trouble right there? <laughs> I didn't get in trouble. It's not past tense. I'm talking present tense. She looks good. But what's the reality? I looked into her heart. She was caring. She was loving. She was a hard worker. There was something unique about her that I knew would stand the test of time. It was character. She was who she said she was. She did what she said she would do. When, I was, when she knew I was watching and when she didn't know I was watching, she was what I wanted. Amen. God bless you. And she was in AP classes and I was not. That's why she's a doctor today and your boy is doing well. We're doing well. We are doing well. Sorry. We are doing well today. Amen. Mama didn't raise no fool. No fool. Nope. I saw who she was. Now, here's the thing about women. They're going to have some children someday. Maybe if that's your calling, you want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's hormones and things that go on inside of that body that shifts up everything about their composition. Now, there's a lot of men out here that don't have the community around them that will be able to speak to the truth of God's word that in the shifting body, your eyes can't see what it used to see. It's a fine wine of much greater value than when it started because you see them for who they are. You're in a place where you are spiritually good. You move it up into this inner per or the social place where you got good people around you. You're in a place where you got good friends around you. People telling you that at every stage of life of marriage, you got the right people around you that are speaking the truth of God's word and saying, hey, things are gonna change, but man, you should not. The relationship should not. Man, seasons are gonna change, but character does not. Who they are stays with them. Stay in there. Times are gonna change. Ch things are gonna get challenging, but stay in the mix. Don't try to flip it for a new car. If you're dysfunctional and you're looking for the wrong things, you're going to create the dysfunction in the next one. Until you get you right, and I'm not saying that in a second marriage that things can't be good. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong here today. I'm saying, but in this place, things change. In this marriage, it's going to change. You get in a good community of people that can support you and surround you. You don't have your La Vida Loca friends talking about, oh, she this and she's that. You got some dysfunction going on. You just need to leave her, upgrade with it. Oh my God, yeah, y'all don't love each other anymore. Well, you start out in love. There's a lot of emotions. Oh my God, you do things. You write letters. You do all this crazy stuff. Travel long distances just to be in their presence for a moment. Not saying I did, but I did. Um, <laughs> and so in this love, right, you do all these crazy things. Now, if it was like, if, if the stage of like, all this oh, was like that for the entirety of your marriage that that's not healthy things change you begin to love not just based on the the, the physical features and and uh, you know the, the the initial honeymoon phase you begin to love them for who they are and you have people around you that surround you say man you, you're in the right places where God has you she's the woman she's the love of your life things are changing he is changing whatever it may be but here's the deal Seasons change, but character, man, keeps people, stays the same. So you move into the interpersonal stage where, man, in this, you got the spiritual going. You got good friends around you guys. Now you're in a place where you're interpersonal. The interpersonal is a character piece right there. You love them for who they are, who they are. That then moves into the emotional. Oh, man, they truly see me. They know me for who I am. They're not just saying, I love you, but it's empty words because they can't say, because of this, that, and the other. 
It's I love you because I'm lusting you and I've got to tell you that to make you believe that I'm fully committed here because I need something from you. I don't have something for you. In this place right here, you're constantly saying, who am I 100% in on this mix to be completely connected here in that? 100% in. Spiritual, social, and personal, emotional. We ain't even got to talk about the last one. You already know what's happening. You ain't even got to talk about it. You already know. You got that right in your marriage? You got that right? It's good. It's good. It's honoring. It's God's design. It's a beautiful thing. It's not this thing, oh, we can't talk about that in the church. What? It's in the Bible. Go go read Song of Solomon. I mean, he's talking about climbing palm trees and grabbing coconuts. I mean, he ain't talking about climbing trees and grabbing coconuts. (laughs) I'm just telling you right now. Talk about it. This is real deal, holy field. It's supposed to be a God-honoring thing that blesses God. It brings intimacy into a marriage. It's supposed to be a beautiful thing that God has created, and the world has completely complicated it, completely uh, brought dysfunction to it, brought funk into the junk, and now we all funked up. We got to do it God's way. This is God's design. If we could build it this way, man, there's beauty behind it. Beauty behind it. But again, in a marriage, it's 100%. Are you fully in? Are you in the right place? Right? If you pull this component off of it, right? You pull the spiritual component off of it. Oh, you can build. You got your social friends. Maybe they're good friends. They're good people. You got the interpersonal good character and values they come from. Emotional and leads towards that. They're doing the right things. But you're missing this component right here, the spiritual. The spiritual is where you build this thing on. You are fully who you are in Christ. You know who you are, unpersuaded by any attack of the enemy that would want to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Set and solid, Christ is your cornerstone, building life. Last thing I'll leave you with is, you got to win with your identity in Christ. You want your marriage to win, you got to win with your identity inside of Christ. Once you know who you are in Christ, you can move in a direction Uh, of health. You can move in a direction uh, of conviction. You can move according to what God's design is for your life. What does Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom, live righteously, then I'll add unto you. Be holy as I am holy. First Peter would say it this way, be holy as I am holy, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy holy. It's the, it's the pursuit of every single one of our lives. We want to be holy as God is holy. We want to be right in right standing with God in every area of our life. The way we think, the way we talk, the way we act, our convictions inside of our lives, the passions inside of our lives. We want to be holy as God is holy. And holy is just the word of being set apart. God is set apart amongst men, and in us we have Christ that lives on the inside that we can live set apart in this generation. I'll tell you today, if you're living for Christ in this generation, you are gonna stand out like a sore thumb. We live in a godless, churchless generation. This is truly a generation where Jesus said, the harvest is white, but the workers are few. This is this generation. It was then and it is definitely now. You gotta know who you are in Christ, what God thinks about you what you're called to do, 
not just gaining and attaining, gaining the world, but losing your soul, but on purpose and on mission to absolutely glorify God in all that you do. We're plan A for him. Carrying the gospel, carriers of the hope of the world in the message of Jesus Christ. It's us. Do we know who we are in Christ Jesus? In Colossians 2, it would, it would lead us to, or encourage us to do this. And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to what? Follow him. You accepted him, follow him now. Build your faith inside of him. How do you do it? Let your roots grow deep down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. We're talking about relationship. If you're not spending time with Jesus by getting into God's word, spending time in prayer where Jesus said, hey, bring all of your worries to me. Bring all of that stuff to me. Cast your cares on me. If we're not doing it, we're not building a relationship with Jesus. We're not building a relationship with Jesus. We're not growing our roots deep down into the ground to be set and strong in our own personal spiritual life. How many of you guys are sucking dry the people in your relationship because you are dysfunctional and you need them to do something for you that only Jesus can do for you? Relationship after relationship, expecting people to do something that only Jesus can do. A new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. Are you allowing Jesus to be the cornerstone of your life? The cornerstone of your marriage? It's not me, what I wanna see happen. I wanna be in submission to the mission of how God's designed it to happen. I wanna to submit to the plan that God has. I don't want God's ideas, I can be inspired by a movie, but I don't wanna take this movie and formulate a plan on how it's gonna happen for me. I wanna become the person that I need to be in order to bring a marriage of wholeness and health. Tell you today, if you become all that Christ has called you to be, you're not emotionally immature. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You will be able to shield yourself from the voice of the enemy that would want to easily take you out. Because you're emotionally insecure, all of a sudden the guy just has to say, I love you. Or a girl just has to say, oh, you're all I've been looking for. Oh my God. And you're in this emotional state. You say, I'm in. You're praying that morning, Jesus, man, I need you to work inside of my life. I ain't ready for a relationship right now. Lord knows you're working on me. Oh, I love you. Good. So does Jesus. God bless you. <laughs> it's very easy when you're growing spiritually, your roots are going down into Jesus. Let me just tell you, he wants you to succeed in life. The Holy Spirit is here to lead you into truth. That's why I said it's better that I go away. The Holy Spirit is here. It's better. I'm just here two and a half years. He dipped out two and a half years, covered sin for everybody. Said, cool, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit here to help you guys out. This is jacked up. The world is a tough place. Let me give you the physical presence of God that you can overcome all the plan of the enemy. It can live in you. Greater is he who lives in you than he who is in the world. Let me give this to you so that you can live a righteous and holy life. Make the right decisions you go. You're growing roots down. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you in this process. You're saying, well, God, I want you to fix this person or that person. So here's the deal. If you're married today, you, you're not going anywhere. You can't go anywhere. 
Covenant relationship. You're in. Not unless this. Abuse. Physical, sexual abuse. It's time to separate and give God some time to work on whoever or whatever's going on. Separate before you divorce. Don't get me wrong. See some counselors. We're going to give you some counselors on the back of the handout we're giving you today. If you got some issues going down, see a certified Christian marriage counselor to help you out. Don't just dip out. Oh, pastor said, I ain't say nothing, okay? I ain't gonna have my name on that when we get to heaven. I say, you got issues, time to fix the issues. You gotta see a certified Christian marriage counselor. We can evaluate you on the front end of it and we can help you get to the right place. We can do that. Maybe if you're in a, a decent place, you can tune into this, a book or a podcast that you guys walk through together, some type of teaching, and you can work this thing together. But you're in it, okay? If you're married here today, God can restore your marriage. There's story after story after story of restoration through marriages when humility hits their heart, they each deal with their individual issues, they flip the script on how they built it previously, get the spiritual, the social, interpersonal, emotional, and then the physical going, they restart the system, man, there could be a rejuvenication to your marriage for sure. Now, if you are dating today and you started with the chaotic pyramid, it's time to break up. It's time to break up. You started wrong. It's not in a good place. 99% chance it's not going to be in a good place. If it was 50 years ago and the value system or our culture was different, where commitment was a thing, staying in the relationship, sticking it out, fighting for it was a thing, I would say differently. But we ain't in that age anymore. It's upgraded. It ain't working, cool, 450, bye. Doesn't matter how many kids are in the mix or whatever, I'm not getting what I want. I don't care about the consequences. Spiritually and emotionally immature people all over our society today. Extended adolescence because they didn't get it when they were growing up because their dad or mom was probably not in the home either. Break up, pause it. If it's God, they'll be there in the end. They'll be there whenever you get yourself right. They'll be there whenever you get your, your issues dealt with, when you get your spiritual life going, and then you, three months, hopefully it's not 10 years, okay? Hopefully, Jesus can do it quickly. Maybe a couple months or a couple weeks, he can say, hey, I'm in this place. Hopefully they're on the same journey. And you can come back together and God can start it over to say, hey, we're starting with the spiritual. We're gonna get in good friend group that's living right, doing right. Then you'll be able to see who I truly am, what I truly care about, what I truly value. You'll be able to love me for me. Then when we get married in God's design, then we can get physical when we're married under God's covenant. Make sense? If you're dating here today, just tune into all that I said here today, okay? Hopefully you took a lot of notes and the main thing for you, if you are not married today and you're not in a relationship, focus on yourself, get spiritually right, get spiritually so good that whenever you're on this journey pursuing it, somebody's like, hey, and you can look over like, you doing what I'm doing. We're on the same journey, the same path. We are completed in Christ Jesus. We are working from there, not the other way around, trying to get him to bless our dysfunction. You move on, man. Let's stand up to our feet. And I wanna pray over marriages today. If you're in here, and maybe I brought up, I know with marriages, this is a tough topic because you are here today and you're probably like, we got issues. Pastor, you brought them up. We got issues. Guess what? So do I. 
Everybody in here has issues. Whether they're big or small, we all got issues. We all got things that we can work on. But God's design is to have healthy marriages. If there's healthy marriages, there's healthy homes, and healthy homes create a healthy society. Our society is funked up because we have 60% of the marriages that are divorced. Children are growing up without a biological father and mother inside of the home. And I know I'm speaking to family units that are in here today. Hey, we're a church for the unchurched. We all walked in dysfunctional, but we're not staying that way. That's the point. God's grace has covered that, but there's an expectation that we go and sin no more. That's exactly what Jesus said to the woman that was caught in adultery. A grace has covered you. Where are your accusers? Okay, cool. Go and sin no more. There's an expectation to raise your level of living now that you know Jesus Christ. So there's no shame in this game. This is a real conversation on the journey that you're in because we want health for you in your marriage. So if you've got a woman in here or a, lay, a man inside of here and you guys are married, go ahead and grab her, grab him. Y'all just grab each other real quick, hold on. And I'm just gonna pray over your marriage specifically. And then if you are in here today and you are single or dating, I'm gonna pray over you at the end. But uh, let, let's pray here for the marriages inside of our church because our church so goes the marriages, so goes our church. We need a healthy church. We got to have some healthy homes. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your grace that has covered all of our sin. Father, that you don't look down at us and see our flaws, but God, you see our potential. Lord, I pray that in our church here today, we would align ourselves with your heart, that God, you want the best for us. And Father, you have laid out the best for us through your word. And God, I pray any life that is living out of alignment with righteousness and holiness, God, Father, may there be a deep conviction that compels us into a place to walk out our sanctification, the development of our faith, God, with a higher level of passion, with a greater level of commitment, God. Father, work on us individually in Jesus' name. I pray over our marriages here today, God. Walking through these doors, the spectrum of health is all over the place, God. You see them for where they're at. You know how their journey started. You know the process in which they have come to this moment in time, God. You've been there with them, with them in the hard times. Father, I pray over every marriage right here, God, that is walking in the middle of chaos and pain. Father, the thoughts of letting go and moving on, God, that have, that have riddled the minds of some individuals, God, I pray, Lord, that the, the voice of the enemy no longer has power to undermine what you have already instituted. As your word says, what you have brought together, let no man separate it. God, I pray for restoration inside of the house. Father, I pray for a rejuvenication, God, of marriages, God. Father, take them back to the first love. Where were they at? What, what, why did they decide to get married, God? Was it because of who they were? Father, their character, their, their, their personality, God. Father, take them back to the, the moment where they knew that this person, they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt this person was who you called them to marry. Father, take them back to that place, God. And I pray that, Lord, if there's individuals here today that are 50% in, not 100%, God, pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage. Give them the courage, God, to rise up and no longer accept less than what you expected them, God. No longer to, to live apathetic about their existence, God. But Father, to push for your design, push for the health that you desire, God, to have a healthy and strong marriage, God. I pray, pray for every word, God, that has been spoken in frustration. 
Every time there was a trigger in a response that did not match righteousness or holiness, God, I pray that the wounds that have, that have been uh, opened up, God, by those words, the things that have been said, God, Father, I pray for humility in this house by each man and woman, God, that they would come to a place and, Father, set a time in their heart to ask for forgiveness on the things that they said. Set a, set a date and time where they can articulate it, God. And Father, you can bring restoration into that marriage, God. You can put them on the same playing field again, God. Father, they can operate in unity here today, God. What you've brought together, let no man separate. Across the board in this house, God. If we got issues from our childhood, God, may you reveal those to us, God. The moment the trigger happens, may you quicken our spirits and tune us in, God, to where is the root of bitterness that we're harboring here today, God. The Father's causing us harm and causing those around us harm. Father, take us back to what happened. And Lord, may we have the courage to ask for forgiveness of those. Or talk it out, God, with those that have brought the infraction upon us, God. Heal us in the house. Your will be done across our church here today, God. Healthy marriages, healthy individuals, both spiritually, emotionally, and physically, God. May we honor you in all that we do. Present ourselves as a living sacrifice unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen and amen. And amen and amen.